you know, like you remember the Care Bears yeah. that they really had it going on. They were like, and they would just like beam out their heart space, you know, or their, their like Care Bear energy. And that's how I, I imagine it too. Like when I hug somebody, I literally imagine my heart energy going into their body. Right. And people can feel it. We can feel it. We can feel hearts that are closed and we can feel hearts that are open. And it's such a powerful thing. And when our mind is in alignment with that, you know, cause our mind puts out the frequency. And like you said, the heart puts out the uh, vibration, the magnetic piece of it, right? So the law of attraction and all of that, people say, oh, that's not true. That doesn't work. It does work. And it is working all the time and always, right? In how we are feeling. So it's just, what are we in alignment with that we want to experience, right? And, and that's, that's cho- choice. It always comes down to choice. We get to choose our experience. Namaste, sweet souls. My name is Shilpa, and you're listening to the Omni Mindfulness Podcast. I am a mindset and meditation coach for professional women and mompreneurs. The purpose of this show is to offer stories and content that allows you to increase your awareness of your authentic self and be inspired by connecting to the personal and professional stories of other souls. Souls who are walking the walk and living everyday human experiences with inspired intentions. These are the stories that will expand your consciousness and spark within you to ask, what if... Each season, I offer content to help you create a holistic lifestyle that embodies spirituality, mindfulness, mindset, and energy awareness. Through my conversations with experts in their niche area and solo casts from yours truly, my intention is to help you holistically revitalize, reset, and relax your body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and founder of Omni Mindfulness. So ask yourself, what if just one story could be the catalyst to shift the trajectory of my life? What if I become instrumental in serving other souls to realize their true self? And what if my soul's higher purpose is in the realization of omni-mindfulness joy? It's never too late to rewrite your story. And now, today's episode. Welcome back, sweet souls. This is your host, Shilpa. I wanted to share some exciting news about a little challenge I'm running as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcast. So my request to you is to leave a review if you feel that you've received any value at all from these episodes of Omni Mindfulness. It would mean so much to me if you could write a little review regarding any episode that resonated with you. Please take a screenshot of that review and email it to me at omnimindfulness at gmail.com. In return, I will offer you my one-page guide to spark your meditation practice through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is a Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you'll receive a link to my guided meditation that will guide you through an intention setting meditation, positive affirmations, which you can practice daily. I guarantee that this gift will help you start a daily intention setting practice with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, to enable you to manifest the best meditation practice. 
We are now in the season of reflections, which is my fourth podcast season, highlighting spirituality, mindfulness, energy awareness, and mindset. And up next, Stacy Yardley. Stacy is a core energy holistic life coach and transformation catalyst for entrepreneurs, change makers, and visionaries who want to experience more joy, fulfillment, and success both in life and work. She believes that you are a powerful being, and when you fully embrace the truth of who you are, the possibilities of creating the life you want are endless. Through her conscious approach to change combined with her intuitive gifts, Stacy helps others master their personal energy so that they can master their life and thrive. Throughout her working career, Stacy has held a variety of titles and she draws from a deep well of life experiences to bring forth a unique perspective to everything she teaches. In 2016, Stacy obtained her ICF accredited certification through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, otherwise known as IPEC, where she also became certified as an Energy Leadership Master Practitioner. Currently, she's working on a book project where she details her life-changing experiences as a showgirl for the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus at the age of 19. Yes, she actually ran away and joined the circus. Stacy currently resides in the Pacific Northwest, and in her free time, she can be found exploring nearby hiking trails and waterfalls or searching out for the perfect chai latte or kombucha. And now, here's Stacy. So, Stacy, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We've been talking for over close to two years now about connecting. Yeah. And through our mutual friend, our mutual friend, Debbie, had shared so much about how much you and I have in common. And it all started around the topic of movement. So for this month, as I explore the topic of energy awareness, you came to mind. I thought, who better to talk about it? Because there's energy in movement. <laughs> Absolutely. There's energy in everything, right? Exactly. Everything. And everything is energy. We are energy. So maybe start with your history of how you got into movement yeah well movement itself probably I would say has been a part of my life from young childhood right I was a dancer um, as a child I started around four or five years old and then went through my whole childhood as a performer and a dancer and in the energy of all of that right and really um being in my body and, and all of that. And then through high school, I danced and actually out of high school, I went and danced professionally. I was hired with the Reeling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. So I was hired there as a showgirl and performed with them for about a year. And then from there went on, uh, left the show and then came back home to San Diego where I was raised and just kind of went about my life at that point. And it wasn't until 
really, well, I kind of started teaching dance a little bit at that point here and there and a little bit, and then moved up to the Northwest and then kind of got lost a little bit in, in my life and, and what was going on and, and all the things. And, um, didn't really tap a lot into that part of me, kind of let that part die off a little bit in a way or get dormant. And then it wasn't until um, I had my daughter, I was a mom at this point and returned back to dance because of course my daughter, I wanted to get her into dance and I actually became a dance teacher again. So returned back to my love of dance. And from there, that kind of evolved um, again, through my life of, of experiences, I was a dance teacher for many, many years, and then Zumba entered my life. And when Zumba came into my life, that was a whole nother awakening process for me because I um, just experienced it on a whole nother level as far as, you know, source working through me and as I see it, you know, God working through me and empowering me and letting me be that light of energy for people. And really I saw manifestations happen. I just saw a whole nother thing. Right. So that's when I got kind of more into coaching and started to get around the place of, um, I wanted to help women get more into what they wanted in their health and wellness. And I saw that the mindset piece was a big one. And so that's what led me into coaching. And so I went to a school, coaching school called IPEC, which is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And their model is based around consciousness and energy consciousness. And so that really just really resonated with me. And that put me on a whole nother trajectory of understanding energy and our thoughts and emotions and all the things and the seven levels of energy and consciousness and all the things. So kind of combines now, you know, into the movement, the mind body piece and understanding how our mind affects our body and, and all of that. So it's all kind of come to head in the last few years of really um, solidifying for me and in both the positive and negative ways of how our personal energy can affect our well-being, really, or it does actually not that it can, it does. So that's kind of a, in a nutshell, where I came from and who, who where I, where I am now. And I find it so fascinating that you've had these adventures with something that's your passion sounds like from a young age but having worked in ringling right yes ringling yeah that that must have been such an adventure it really was it was you know I'm, I'm currently writing a book about it I've been working I've been saying this I'm writing a book about it for decades now but I really am you know actively writing the book and telling my story because it really was a story that impacted my life in many, many ways, which is too much to go into now, but it was really a, a, a once in a lifetime opportunity, really, and once in a lifetime experience. And it's, there's just so much to tell about it, but yeah, it was, it was exciting at, at 18, 19 years old, right? You, yeah. Who, who says they're going to actually run away and join the circus? I did. <laughs> I oh, did. that is awesome. And I look forward to the book. What was your biggest takeaway when it comes to your connection between your dance and your performance and how it taught you something about energy awareness. Um, you mean in relationship to the circus? Yes. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. I would say, um, that's a great question. I've never really been asked that. So I would say probably looking back and knowing what I know now and, and seeing all the connections, right is that the energy awareness in our body starts in our mind. And it really does um, 
control our ability to move and, and what's possible within our body and through our bodies and in our bodies. Right. Cause I was not a gymnast. And so it was a challenge to move my body in that way of climbing a rope and spinning 30 feet up in the air by my ankle and doing all these aerial tricks that I was not trained in. Right. I had to overcome a lot of mindset blocks and a lot of fear and, and how that fear affected my performance. Right. And so it was really moving through that, those spaces of fear and getting past that fear. So, which has played out again, you know, in my life, you know, just with breast cancer last year and, you know, fear really can play a huge role in our body and our wellness and, and all of that and how it shows up and how we show up, you know, even in, in movement and dance and everything in life, you know? Absolutely. And um, maybe you can share more about um, your recent health condition and how you worked through it in terms of energy awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, for me, this, the diagnosis that I received almost about a year ago now was really a pivotal point for me in understanding like everything I had learned and studied up to that point really came to head in that moment. And it was like, okay, it was as if I had trained my entire, you know, last five, 10 years for that moment, because it was the moment of truth because I was such a health nut prior to that. I was such, I had such awareness around, nutrition and the body and, and all those things, right. And health and well-being, but my mind had gone to some pretty dark places over the last couple of years, right. With the COVID thing happening, I had lost a lot of my jobs and I was going through a lot of life transition and a lot of pain and, and grief and a lot of different things as we all did. Right. We all were affected by that period. And I felt I was, you know, more so in, in a lot of ways. So my daughter was moving out. Like it was just a lot of change in that time. And so everything that I had known, I had kind of forgotten, you know, and not practiced what I had, what I knew to be true, but I was actually, I just didn't, didn't know that I was practicing and the, and the ways that I didn't want to practice it right in my thoughts and my fears and anxieties and stress. I really let the stress impact me. And so when the diagnosis came in, it was like, okay, now what? Because here I'm faced with this diagnosis that nobody wants to hear the word cancer, you know, and we often, you know, society looks at it as a death sentence. And I knew in that moment that like, however I chose to receive that information and apply whatever I knew going forward. And did I want to take responsibility for my thoughts and my emotions and how I perceive the situation or did I want to just be at the effect of it and and kind of be in, at victim to what was happening, right? And so I chose the prior, and I said, okay, this is what this is what's happening, and it's not happening to me, but happening for me. And how can this be a gift? How can this be, you know, what does this mean for me, right? And so I really took a took the opportunity to choose how I was perceiving it. And yeah. so I think that was the biggest thing that the biggest takeaway was. Our, perce- our perceptions really do matter, right? And I knew that I didn't want to take the fight approach. I knew I didn't want to take the um, that energy of fight, right? Because, and we hear this a lot in our society, right? Beat breast cancer, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. And that carries with it a what I call a catabolic energy, right? Mm-hmm. It carries with it a resistance, an aggression, a fight or flight, you mm-hmm. know, response which is not conducive to healing. 
So I just practiced self-love. And and that's another thing that I had, you know, my journey has unfolded is loving myself and loving the cancer, loving all of it Uh and knowing that it's a part of me, right? It's not separate from me. So it's like, how can I move through this and heal this part of me that's reacting in this way? Uh So, yeah, so I'm it and, and I took an integrated approach, right? So I, I, I was really about standing in my power and I was like, okay, how can I stand in my power here? And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was investigating. It was doing a lot of research. It was finding the approach that I felt best for me. And then that's what I did. I really just took the integrated approach and I, I did a little bit of allopathic treatments and I did a lot of naturopathic treatments and energy work, right? Acupuncture, Qigong, those kind of things. I knew that my energy mattered both physically, mentally, and emotionally and spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all those things. So I really just integrated that approach yeah. and I was able to move through it a lot easier, I think, yeah. than, than others. And where are you in your journey at this point? In terms I am of- healed, whole and complete. I am, I am at the place of healed and, you know, they're monitoring me at this point. I, um, again, I'm taking a, an unconventional approach, right. In working with a couple of functional medicine doctors who are, they work in bioenergy, the bio field and, and all of that. And so I'm managing my energetic field and working in that way. I'm, um, monitoring right through other methods, um, beyond just mammograms and thermography and, and those kind of things. So, I'm just taking different approaches to the, the processing, but really, as I understand it, I, I believe in epigenetics and I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with epigenetics, but if someone in the audience isn't familiar, epigenetics basically says that we are, our gene, our health and our well being is not determined by our genes, but the environment mm-hmm. that trigger the genes. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I hold on to more. So yeah. I don't worry about like my grandmother had breast cancer. I have two cousins that have had breast cancer, right? I don't worry about the genetic piece of it. It's just monitoring my energy and trusting that I am healed and my body can heal. And I continually repeat thoughts that I am healed and that I'm whole and that my body is strong and my body I have a strong immune system. So I just continue to repeat the beliefs that I want to hold, right? Yeah. Because I believe it follows our beliefs. I completely agree with that philosophy. I personally have always, from a young age, intuitively understood that um, my mind is strong. And not just the mm-hmm. mind as in the cerebral part. We're talking about maybe like the soul, the soul awareness and how it speaks to the functional part of the body and recognizing, yeah, maybe not, maybe science may say that genes have an element of play in the design of the life, but that's just one element. And there's so much more as we, you and I've had a conversation about the energetic body. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that that is the future of, medicine, you know, at least this is my hope, you know, that, that we're going to move more in this direction of really understanding the energetic body and that how that really does affect the physical body, that things show up in the energetic field first, 
and then go into the physical, right? Um, And that we can impact our energy. We are impacting our energy every day of every moment, right? But that we have more control than we think we do. Um, then the led to believe, I, I feel, you know, and that's through energy and through the energy work. Yes. Energy awareness. Um, particularly when it comes to the thinking part is the challenge. I I believe challenge for me, I believe that we have these unconscious blocks and patterns of behavior and attitudes and while meditation helps with that, also having conscious practice daily of setting an intention and Mm -hmm. recognizing that the path of your day can be set by the tone from the morning. 100%. 100%, right? And it can be changed, right? So even if we start off in a bad place or we feel like we, we get out of bed and it's just already, you know, we step in dog pee or we, you know, something happens yeah. like right away or the, you know, the coffee pot doesn't work or something. We can shift in a moment, in, in, a, in an instant and change our energy in an instant. And it is through our thoughts and through our perception and how, you know, as I say, it's the lens that we're looking through. Right. And we can set that intention energetically, um, like you're saying, with our heart space and really intending for that and then trusting and believing that that's true. And that even though we can't see things, that it's there and it's possible, right? And we can shift at any given moment. And I believe we're so powerful, right? As beings, as human beings, that we are, we are just not even touching, like barely scratching the surface of our of our power. It's crazy. Absolutely. And within our lifetime, I believe we'll see more of this as a mainstream conversation. I was just telling you about the energy summit that's taking place next week. And I recognize that conversations that I may have had 10 years ago that felt like woohoo esoteric. And now uh, doctors, as well as scientists from different parts of the fields are accepting the fact that we are so much more than we are aware. Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to piece together science and and spirit, right. And the supernatural. And and you're, you're probably familiar with Joe Dispenza. You know, he's been very, very intricate in my journey. Bruce Lipton, you know, another one that has proven out, you know, bioepigenetics and, and all of it. There's just so many, beautiful, amazing people that are putting the pieces together for us. Right. And really Lynn McTaggart is another one, right. With the power of intention mm-hmm. and really proving out on a scientific level, like there is something to this energy thing and yeah. that's just- reality, but they do create reality. And the, ah. the physical body literally is another form of energy, but that's on a more grosser level. But if we are considering ourselves simply as this, we're limiting what we are truly, yeah. right? I agree. I agree. And I think that if if people really were to sit with this understanding and, and, and sit with this concept, right, that their thoughts create their emotions, which is true. We've, we, they've proven this out, right? That our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions carry an electrical charge. Like they... They send chemicals through our body, right? Our bodies react in certain ways to thoughts and emotions. And there's 
energetic ripples that are created as a result of that, right? We can make ourselves sick. We can create tension in our bodies. We can create, you know, that catabolism that, that our bodies break down, but the opposite is true too. We can build up our bodies and we can heal our bodies, right? That our minds are powerful enough to make us sick, but they're also powerful enough to make us well. But it's just that we, I think as humans, we want this, like, see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. You know, I, if it doesn't, if I can't see it, taste it, touch it, feel it, it doesn't exist. And yet we're missing so much as a result, you know, of, of not trusting and believing that there's so much more we can't see. But I, if we go by what we feel, right. It's, it's so much more tangible. Exactly. And you were saying, see it, feel it, touch it. That's like the instant gratification of the Western world where that's where we often miss the point. And often missing opportunity to recognize that we can take control. In fact, there are days, like you were saying, maybe the morning starts off wrong. One of the challenges sometimes I have is I'm structured, as I mentioned earlier, before we started recording. But if my routine isn't going the way I typically want, and it's already mid-morning and I haven't done my Qigong or my meditation, my mind takes over and it's like, well, you didn't do this. You could have done that. And I have yeah. to be like, I have to be like, shh, shh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It really is. You got to become conscious, right. Of what's mm-hmm. happening in your mind and just like turn that off. And you know, what I sometimes do, and, and maybe you do this too, is I literally go into movement to help my body shift into that place. Right. So even though it starts in the mind, we can shift it through our body. Right. So It might be like you take a walk or you turn on some music and you dance, right? You just get crazy and you just dance. Like who cares, you know, what you look like, or if you're in the store and you're just shift that moment, that movement that can get you moving can get that energy moving. Yeah. And then it's easier, even breath. You know, if you can't even move your body, you can move your lungs and your diaphragm, right? And just that work, you can move energy within you. So it really is. I absolutely agree. I start my meditation in the morning, most mornings. Like I said, if if I don't, my brain wants to say, look, you missed it. But it's usually the Qigong or some similar practice, then meditation. When I do that, what happens is that that energy, which is in the physical body, has now been grounded. It's become aligned. And so when you then step into meditation, this part is not in control anymore. In your perhaps even more in your heart, which is where you need to be when you want to meditate. Right. 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 Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And, and if you, if you have ever seen in those bio field M- imagery, right. It shows this, right. I just had this done on me and it shows that the heart space, there's different colors that light up when you're in your heart space. And when, so it is energetically, the energetic body does impact, like you're saying, it can impact the mind and does impact the mind because of that coherence, right? We're looking for that coherence mm-hmm. of the mind body, the mind heart mm-hmm. coherence. And when it's not coherent, that's when we feel disjointed and we feel out of whack, right? But it's getting in that that energetic space and then you're aligned here. And so it's like when that happens and that coherence and you're connected, right? We're connected to a, a bigger, bigger thing than us, right? That, that field and we are the field, right? But it, that field around us, that is that energetic field that is 
all connected to one that we're all now we're getting really woo right but we're all connected we're all one right in that same consciousness energy i recently been researching uh heart math and it looks like you're touching upon that topic is that Mm -hmm. it's now known that heart energy magnetically is so much more stronger and extension of it is so much further than one would realize it's been tested. It's been proven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, it's, it's really like, it's crazy. Cause I often think of the care bears, you know, like you remember the care bears yeah. that they really had it going on. They were like, and they would just like beam out their heart space, you know, or their, their like care bear energy. And that's how I, I imagine it too. Like when I hug somebody, I literally imagine my heart energy going into their body. Right. And people can feel it. We can feel it. We can feel hearts that are closed and we can feel hearts that are open. And it's such a powerful thing. And when our mind is in alignment with that, you know, cause our mind puts out the frequency. And like you said, the heart puts out the uh, vibration, the magnetic piece of it. Right. So the law of attraction and all of that, people say, Oh, that's not true. That doesn't work. It does work. And it is working all the time and always right in how we are feeling. So it's just, what are we in alignment with that we want to experience? Right. And, and that's, that's choice. It always comes down to choice. We get to choose our experiences regardless of what's showing up on the outside. We yeah. get to choose, like, how do I want to experience this? And we do attract the love and the energy of those that are uplifting us. And sometimes I'm surprised, like, well, what did I, and I mean this in a good way? Like, what did I do to deserve that? Like when my son, who's so immensely sweet to me, and he'll sit on my lap and he'll give me the most heartfelt hug. And I felt like our hearts melt together. Yeah. It's the energetic energy is melting. The two energetic. Yeah. Yes. They've actually done readings where mm-hmm. there's, they can see the biofield around somebody. And then I was just watching a video on this the other day that this, they were filming this mother and her child. And when the mother, when the child came to the mother, her, her biofield lit up and expanded more and their biofield became one. And it was literally just glowing more And it was simply just the love exchange that was happening. Right. So it's so powerful, right. That, you know, and, and Dr. Hawkins has, uh, you know, had David Hawkins has written about this, about how our consciousness, our levels of consciousness can raise the vibration around the planet. Like one person raising their consciousness can affect all, you know, millions, hundreds of millions of other people that are lower consciousness. Right. Because that heart space is so powerful, that energy is so powerful. And I think that the more that we, you know, move through that, and it sounds so like, oh, let's just be love. You know, it sounds very like woo and like you said, esoteric and like idealistic, but it really is true, you know, that when we move from that heart space, life is just a whole lot different. It is. And we're better for it. And I'm learning more to trust it and be in it and it takes a while especially if like myself I worked in corporate so for so long and there's a disconnect that occurs because to survive in a certain environment it becomes more of the fight or flight mentality and 
you recognize when you've had challenges or maybe if you are on your own very um i would say tuned in that that hard space that thing that says that's my gut or my my um intuition that needs to be um honored yeah yeah and and i it's interesting that you touch on this because i think that that is kind of where we are right now as a culture is that shift that's happening from that place of the ego and the struggle and the the fight flight, you know, competition, mm-hmm. right. We're moving from competition into cooperation and collaboration. And it's those places where the competition still resides. That's all ego, right. That's all like, I have to be right. You're wrong my way or the highway, like forcing, you know, pushing all of that. And it can feel very incoherent to our truth if we're somebody who is like understanding, like it's about tapping into my intuition and my higher intelligence and like moving through this into more vulnerability and awareness and, you know, courage, like all those things that are kind of more like scary, right? It, 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 Cause they're less defined. And when it's very black and white egoic, it's very like controllable, like it's right or wrong, but when you have no right or wrong and there's more possibilities like let's all work together. Where's the win-win here? It's all walk, work and cooperation. That really opens things up to like there not being such a rigid way of doing things, right? It opens up more possibilities. So I think we're moving in that way, but it can really feel disjointed if you're in that space and you're trying to fit in this box over here of the yeah. corporate world, right? Or that 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 competition place, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And as I transition in building my business as an entrepreneur, there is a lot of vulnerability there. I'm sure you understand. Yeah, there really is. Right. And then I think that the people that have that drive and that desire to step into that and be that light there, there's going to be more resistance because they're feeling that judgment, right. Of they're fearing the judgment, right? Of what, who do you think you are? Like, you can't do this or you got to stay in our box, you know, you don't break away, like stay with the herd, you know, and it's a breaking away and it's a stepping into your more of your power. And it's just, again, that mind management piece, right? That consciousness piece of who am I and what am I here to do and who am I being? And when you can connect to, as I say, your higher source, right? Your higher self, then you can go into that flow, but it is, it takes work to get out of that ego place of fear, right? Cause there's that fear of like, what are they going to say? What's going to happen? You know? And it's, it's leaning back into the trust, like you're saying, right? Trusting, yeah. trust the journey. It, yeah. I was just thinking while you're sharing that, that it's like, we have to use the very tools that we are using to help others, but we need to use it for ourselves on a daily basis. So we are in alignment in congruence with the heart space because Mm -hmm. daily you step into vulnerability as, as a person who is a solopreneur. Yeah. And it's that like attracts like thing. So back to the energy piece, right? If we are incongruent, we're going to attract incongruent experiences, right? So it's like, okay, I need to get aligned. I need to stay aligned and trust and all the things that I, I practice what I preach, so to speak, right? And and just believing and trusting that it's going to fall into place and that everything's happening for me and not to me, 
yeah. right? That I am in control of my experience, not the outside things coming in dictate who I, you know, my experience. Yes. So it's really just moving in that space of, of understanding of your consciousness. Yes. Where you are thinking, you know, where you're thinking, because that's going to determine where you go emotionally, which is going to determine your energy, which is going to determine your experience. Right. Yeah. The metaphor that came to my mind while you were saying that being in the area where you were on stage dancing, it's almost like there is a stage light that's following you and you're that light. But sometimes we step away from that light and we feel that we're disconnected from our own energy. Yeah. Yeah. And so to go with that metaphor, right, what do we need to do? We just got to step right back into the light. Right? We've got to come back to who we are in our truest nature form. And that is 100% spiritual and 100% human, as I see it. Right, We're both and. We're not either or. But we have this thing where we think, if I'm spiritual, I can't be human. Well, if I'm human, I can't be spiritual. And it's both and, right? So it's stepping back into the truth of who we are and into that light and, and then allowing it to channel through us and be a part of it, right? And then it all will flow. You know, it's like we get out of the way. We just got to get out of the way and just let it flow through us as a channel. And when we can do that, then things flow in and it's easier, right? That's what they call it, flow and ease and all of that. But when we step in and get controlling and it has to be this way or that way and force and fight it and conflict and it blocks, it's it's blocking the, the flow of the energy and then we wonder what's going on. What's wrong? Why won't this work? Get out of the way. That's why get out of the way. Yes. And getting out of the way often is a, again, a daily practice because old recordings, some of them maybe from our, our culture, whether it's Indian culture or American or our upbringing and their patterns, you know, our family patterns and what they, their lens of the world often is becomes your video or your videotape, your, your audio tape, that recording in the back of your head that says, oh, they did this. And then this is your reaction. And this is why you now need to retaliate and get angry. And like, (laughs) sometimes I listen to my own tape and I'm like, whoa, Shilpa, take it easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it becomes default, right? It's that you know, what you're basically talking about is the subconscious programming that we all have, right? In those early years of one to seven, when we're just a brain sponge and we have no separation in our brain to decipher or make sense of things, we take everything in, we're kind of in a hypnotic state, right? As children, and everything's coming in without a filter, and then it goes underneath the surface. So as you become a parent, you know, maybe it's like you trigger and something you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Or why do I, why am I acting like that? because it's in there, it's underneath that surface, right? And we can think all the things consciously we want, but that default underneath the surface can really come in and override, right? That's why the intention piece is so key, right? It's what is your true intention and where is it coming from? So, you know, some of my listening might be thinking, well, then what? If it's underneath the surface and how do we deal with that, right? It's subconscious programming. We have to go into that meditative state, right? And that self-hypnosis, you can use it, you can call it meditation or self-hypnosis or visualization, right? It's understanding where, what your beliefs are and how you might want to re, 
reprogram those beliefs, what you want to believe. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, if you get cancer, if you believe I'm going to die, you're going to die. Like if you don't believe, I'm not saying we're not going to die. We're all going to die. Right. But if you can shift that belief of like, cancer is not a death sentence. Cancer is not a death. I can live with cancer. I can survive and I can thrive. Right. And move into thriving versus just surviving or, I am worthy of love. Even though my parents told me I wasn't, I am worthy of love and I'm worthy. And just reprogramming that I am worthy. I'm worthy both consciously and then subconsciously through self-hypnosis or meditation. Mm-hmm. That's how we, we re- reprogram things. Right. But it's, it takes effort. It takes work, you know, so we have to do the work. Just yesterday, I was speaking with someone who created this lovely deck. I'll send you more information about it. Essentially their affirmation cards what she did was on one side, there's a picture with the affirmation. On the other is a question. And often we do mantras or affirmations like I do in the morning. Yet sometimes the missing element is, am I really? So let's say I, I am um, vitality. Well, what are you doing to increase your vitality? Exactly. Are you living in that? Right. Are you embodying that? Otherwise it's just words. Right. And this is why people say affirmations don't work because they don't feel it because the belief underneath the surface is counter to it. So that's one indicator. If, if somebody's doing an, an affirmation, like, you know, I'm worthy. And you're like, it doesn't feel real because you don't believe it to be real. But the more you say it, the more, and you go into the, what does worthy feel like mm-hmm. as you're saying, it, what does it feel like? Right. Or like you're saying, what are you doing to be, to be, have vitality. What would it feel like to, to be vitality, you know, or to be in vitality, right? What does that feel like? It feels energetic. It feels alive, right? And feel that as you say, I am vitality, right? That's going to anchor it in so much deeper into that heart space and into that energetic space than just saying the words. Exactly. Over and over. Because it starts with awareness, like we said, energy awareness. I would like to feel vitality. Then the action. The action is, well, now I'm about to do Qigong. And then I take it one step further each morning. I say, after I've done the Qigong, when I can remember, I'll write down, how am I feeling now in my body? Because the next time I go through the affirmations, I can then recall, well, I felt tingling. I, I felt my breath at ease. I felt more centered. Exactly. Yeah. And it's moving in that place of that being right. So if you wake up and you're like, okay, if I was vitality today, if I was in vitality, how would I move through my day? It wouldn't be hard to do Qigong because that's part of who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I went vegan instantly when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was like, there was no transition. It was like, boom, not a problem. People are like, how did you do that? How, how could you just change everything overnight like that? Because I decided I am a vegan. I am a plant-based eater. That's it. Like it wasn't hard because I decided that's who I am. And so every decision I made from that point forward reflected that, right? I don't consume sugar. I don't drink alcohol. I don't consider myself a drinker, right? So it's not hard to say no to alcohol because that's not who I am. Right. So it's like, I'm not a smoker. So why would I be tempted to have a cigarette if I'm not a smoker? Right. 
-hmm. So it's that being that person. I am someone who who practices Qigong. So I can just do Qigong, right? So yeah, it's just that being that person. And also being vegan, at least in my spiritual take on it, is that you're living in that energy. Because if you want to bring that energy into your body and live in that vibrational level, you are also introducing it on a more physical level into your body. And also, yeah, 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 totally. And for me, you know, I'm working with doctors and so I I have a a naturopath that I work with and has been testing my blood and I was able to completely shift my biological makeup (laughs) over the last six, seven months based on my, my lifestyle habits, but it does come down to energy and even in the physical realm, right? So we've been talking more esoteric and spiritual, but it even is in the physical, like our bodies are made of energy. It operates on energy, our ability, you know, cancer is a metabolic disease, how you process your energy metabolically, right. And can your body clean up? Can it, can it get rid of the waste? Can it do what it needs to do energetically, literally like calories are energy, right. And So it's just, that's a whole nother show, right? But it's just basically like everything that you consume has a ripple effect through your eyes, through your ears, through your body, like everything we consume has a ripple effect energetically. Yeah. What you consume in your mouth, what you listen to. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who's very sensitive to certain vibrational from music and Mm -hmm. if it, even words, and the tempo can affect people hundred percent, right? Because it's frequency. So sound is frequency. And this is why people are affected by music and sound and even light, right? It's all frequency. And so when we understand that we are energy and that we are affected by energy, it makes sense right? That if you're in a certain vibrational space, you're going to feel certain things based on the frequency. This is why you can hear some music and it feels really good and you can feel some music and it's just like agitating, right? And like irritating. That's how I am anyway, right? And I can feel it. It's just so penetrating. It's because of the frequency. Yes. um, What I've been doing is in the background, I listen to uh, like very mellow Ohm chanting with the, the the bowl, and yeah, when I I do that every day, but some days I forget, and then I'll feel like, what's that thing that's missing <laughs> that brings the yeah. level to a kind yeah, of- that's how I am um, water. So I'm really I love water. It's just why I love going to San Diego, right? Because I love going to the beach and just the ocean and the sound of water. So here in the Northwest, I go to waterfalls and I go to the creeks area where the creeks are in the water, but I have a fountain. Actually, I turn it off right now because sometimes you can hear it when I'm on Zoom calls. It's like, what's that sound of the water trickling up to, it makes me have to go to the bathroom, you know, but (laughs) I turn into this fountain every day. And when it's not on, there's a different feeling. And when it's on, it literally is a soothing sound of the rippling water just trickling away. Right. And there is energy coming off the water off the frequency of the water i love water also and next time you're in san diego we'll hang out at the water yeah i have one of those um himalayan salt lamps on my kitchen counter 
And the first thing I do when it's almost evening and I'm starting to make dinner is I turn it on. And I know there's some, I, I guess say that the verdict's out still on whether or not the Himalayan lamp itself is like energy producing. But I can tell you that the amber color and the soothingness of that color puts me in a very different state when I'm cooking. Exactly. And here's the thing about that, Shilpa, is that like, even if they were to say like, there's no science that this, this puts out anything. The point is, is how it's making you feel mm-hmm. right. And you're, you're bringing in whatever the light is and you're, I believe there's truth to it, that there is frequency to it, but let's just pretend that they say that there's not, mm-hmm. it's how it's making you feel. And so because it's making you feel a certain way, it's shifting your energy. And then your energy goes out and affects your family and the food that you're cooking, right? Like all of it. And it's all related. So whether people want to say, oh, it works or it doesn't work or it's real or it's not real, how you feel is very real, right? And how we feel is very real. And so if we lean into that and we lean into what feels good, what feels right, what feels aligned, what feels purposeful, right? And easy and, and joyful and in gratitude and those higher vibrational feelings, like things are just going to shift in a different way for us. Yes. When you mentioned emotions at the beginning of our conversation, the, it reminded me of an expression. One of my meditation teachers used to use that it's emotions. It's those energetic motions moving through your body. And when you feel say, anything physically, it first starts with the thought, then a feeling, and then the feeling then translates energetically into something physical in your body. So when there's one say, oh, you know, that you put your hand on your heart saying, if that that feels sad, well, then that translates into further something energetically in your heart space, the actual physical heart. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Because that's the inter- inter- interplay of the energy, yes. right? So powerful. It's so, I just think it's so beautiful. And if we were operating more in this, this place, I think as a society, our world would be a lot different. It would be a lot. We're, going. We're, we're getting there. One of the other things you mentioned though, that lamp and how it makes me feel and if there's a translation and how that energy then goes off to the family. I was raised with the awareness from the Indian culture that even how you engage with the food that you're cooking, you're putting your vibration into it. So Mm -hmm. it's done with say love and joy. And even you're not taking the stress of your day into when you're making that meal, but you're putting love into it, that translates into how others will consume that energy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's so powerful. I don't know if you know the study, I forget the name of the doctor or the, the scientist that did it, but it was, I think it was a Japanese man that did the study with the rice and his words. He was speaking his words into the, the jar. And I have friends that have done this where they take rice, they cook it a certain way, really clean. And they put it in the jar And he was talking to the rice. Like he would say like, you're bad. You're ugly. I hate you. Horrible negative words to one. And then the other one, I love you. You're beautiful. I'm so grateful. Like all these other positive words, right? The rice that he spoke to negatively rotted faster 
and stronger than the rice that didn't. It, it was absolutely mind blowing. And you can look it up rice experiment or something. I forget what it's all about. But the point is, is that the words have power. And you said that earlier, right? That our words have energy to them and they can impact others. And so the emotion behind the words give them that much more power, right? So these are just words you've seen, but then if we, we promote our, or we, we give our energy from our heart space into those words, they really do have an impact and a powerful way of, of rippling out right into others. And anybody who's the, the the sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Totally false. You know, they can, they absolutely can. And especially to ourselves, right. Or in our heart heart center in words, are energy and the Sanskrit language, the phonetical meaning of the different sounds are vibrational. So ohm actually does translate to how energetically that, permeates out when we say that very expression of word so that's the ancient indian philosophy around the linguistics of language so all languages yet are rooted to some higher language and then over time maybe morphed but when we say certain words out loud it it like the word hate even the way it sounds doesn't sound right yeah yeah. And you can feel it, right? If you lean, if you, if you really tune in, you can feel someone's hate if they're really spewing words, like it can really be yeah. powerful. Can be right? powerful. And it's the opposite is true too. And this is where a lot of my work too, I do with people is in self-love, right? And this starts with ourselves, right? Yeah. How we're talking to ourselves and how we're treating ourselves yes. also has a ripple effect, right? And so when we can turn that love inward first, then it goes in it's, it comes in and then it goes out in a whole different way. But people that are the most vicious are usually the most vicious to themselves as well. So that's where we should, we all need to start internally with ourselves. I think. Showing self-compassion for oneself. That's going back to that basic uh, routine dialogue you and I had about starting our day. I think that Mm -hmm. is a form of self-love that I hope to see becomes a practice among all humans where we all allow ourselves that space in that morning to do our energy work our getting grounded and centered because then imagine each of us has done that work for ourselves if it's five minutes or an hour but you, you become centered yeah yeah I mean can you imagine if everybody just took that moment to do that versus hitting the ground and scurrying into crazy energy right like yeah. The commute would change, that's for sure. Well, that's you know? how I spent most of my early 20s and 30s. And I wish I had, you know, reined in my habits and said, hey, it's okay. Everyone else might be rushing off, but it's important for you to get centered and grounded. Yeah. Or even really it's like when I would be in corporate meetings and like people are talking over each other and whatever. Why not just say, okay, we're going to have a moment of silence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Stacy, this was really incredible. Any parting wisdoms for say solopreneurs, working women, mompreneurs, or in general, the public who en- enjoys listening to mindset, mindfulness, 
and energy work conversations. Something that you feel like that's helped you that others can take a quick win with? I think the thing that has helped me the most is recognizing that I am either at cause or effect and that I get to choose. So whatever is happening or not happening right in your business or in your, in your life or in your job or whatever, how are you perceiving it? Are you perceiving that you're at the effect of it or that you are at the cause of it? And, and meaning cause meaning how you're perceiving it, right? And that you get to decide your energy. You get to decide how you show up and how you perceive something and you hold the power, right? We hold the power to do, to be, do, and have anything we want. Um, it's just reining in that power and, and owning that power and not giving our power away to those energy leaks that happen with the poor boundaries and the, la- the lack and the lack of worthiness and all those things like stand in your power, stand in your truth, own your energy, master your energy, and you can master your life. That's really the crux of it. Master your energy, master your life. I love that. Thank you, Stacy. I look forward to having you back in the future. Thank you. I look forward to having you back. Have a good evening. You too. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share and continue to practice Omni Mindfulness.